Hello, folks. This is your host, Ellie Tascari, welcoming you to Faith Uncensored. Today, you will hear stories of real people who step by faith into the footprints of Jesus. Enjoy the show. Welcome, folks, to another episode of Faith and Censor Podcast. So we are here today with a very, very special guest. We have Samuel Stone and Melody Stone, and we are very happy to have them. But before I hand it over to them, please don't forget to look for us. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora. We are on Google Music. And you can find us also now on uh, YouTube. We have our own YouTube channel, so you're going to find this interview right there. So welcome. And we are very happy today, and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> Glad to have you. So I invited them because they have a very interesting testimony of restoration to share with us. And um, I don't want to tell you much about it because they really have a heart for God and they have a heart for people. And uh, so, Samuel, just tell us something about your melody. Um, let's see. Well... Uh, we met in January, I'm sorry, we met in July 2013, 7-7-2013, mm-hmm. and uh, seven months later we were married. Oh, wow. Praise God. <laughs> that was quick. So, yeah, it was a quick uh, courtship, but we knew from the beginning it was definitely the Lord's mm. call for us to be married. Okay, so, Melody, yeah. how did you feel when you saw him? What did you feel? What did you think? <laughs> <laughs> well... When you know, you know. I didn't know right at first, but he did. And um, God was just like really helpful to help me to see that he was the right person. Because mm-hmm. um, I'd always wondered if you could meet the right person and know it. And when I met him, within a short amount of time, I knew. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I knew right away. It was it was kind of a, kind of smacked me in the face, you know, mm-hmm. stars, butterflies, whatever you want to call it. I instantly fell in love with her the night we had our first date. And I knew then. She was the one, but I didn't freak her out. I didn't tell her. I didn't go, you know, hey, you're the one. You know, I, yes, I, I actually went on a journey and, and pursued the Lord and really pursued his heart for her. Hmm. Uh, and I really felt the Lord tell me, you know, in our in our courtship days that after we started to kind of date in courtship that, that the Lord was saying, hey, I want to take you on a journey of discovering my heart, how I feel about my bride. Mm. and help you learn how to pursue her to mirror the way he feels about his church. This is very interesting. So that was the journey that Mm. we kind of went on or that I went on and really discovered the Lord's heart in a way, you know, just how he feels about his church and and the way that he pursues us. Sorry, I I want to know about this love story because it's so Mm. interesting. And sometimes we're looking for the right man or the right woman. Mm. And uh, sometimes we, we don't know, is this my emotion? Is this the Lord? You didn't. You said you didn't feel like that right away. Well, I had dated so many people over the years. Like I really wondered if you could really meet the right person and know it. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't sure because I had never had that feeling before. Uh-huh. So when I met him, I was. I mean, I was curious about him. Um, I was curious about him, but I. I had just moved here. I literally had just moved here and I met him like a few days later, like oh, wow. like eight days later, I met him actually. <laughs> oh, wow. Eight days later, I walked into Mosaic House of Prayer and there he was in this little tiny church. And um, yeah, that's where it all began. And it, it took me a little while to, to know he was the one. Um, but the Lord was very specific and there was like specific things that the Lord did to help me to know that he was the one because I just... 
I never knew if you could really know. And so um, God was just really good to help me to know that. Mm-hmm. He, I could not have missed it had I had I tried. He wow. made it so clear. Wow. Yeah. Um, I guess one thing that just is part of our love story is that um, he asked me what my favorite flower was right from the beginning. And he goes, no, don't tell me. I'm, I'm going to ask the Lord to oh. reveal it to me. <laughs> and so, a true romantic. And so there, there, romanticism. Were, there were things that happened, like, because I, I just never knew if you could know. And I just doubted myself. And so um, one thing that three things happened that let me know that he was like the one, like the Lord made it clear. And one thing was that um, um, he called me one day at lunch and my he said, hello, Melody. And he said it just like one of my sisters says my name. Oh. And I'm like, why did you say my name like that? And he said, I don't know. I just, just did. I'm like, it's my sister. She does that. She says my name like that. <laughs> and the next oh. day... He, um, we met up after work and I get into his car and he grabs my, my kneecap, which is really unusual, right? Yes. I'm like, oh, why did you do that? And he's like, I don't know. And he was just, and I said, my daddy does that. Like he's oh, the only wow. person who does that. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and then a few days later we were, we were having dinner and I said, um, did you ever figure out what my favorite flower was? And he said, no but I'll tell you what mine is. And his favorite flower was my favorite flower. And it oh, was wow. a blue hydrangea. And we both like lost it. We just started crying. Oh, wow. We're like crying yeah. in this restaurant. I'm right. crying so, too now. So, as, so look, so as I'm, I'm seeking oh. the Lord, right? I'm asking him, you know, what's our favorite flower? What's our favorite flower? Well, I got two flowers, but the first one I got was tulip. And I thought, well, the Lord kind of spoke tulip. And I thought that's, that's yeah, but that may not, like, I thought there might be more. So, and then I felt him drop in my heart that it was a blue hydrangea. And I thought, well, that's just my thought because that's my ah, favorite flower. Okay. So I knew I, I felt like I heard him, but I was questioning it because I was like, well, that's my favorite flower. So is it the Lord or is that me? Yeah. yeah. I was thinking like, is that the Lord or is that me? And then ah. it, it kind of wouldn't let up. And I thought, well, maybe it is the Lord. So then we sat down and I thought, well, when she said that, I was like, well, that's mine. But I had thought that was just my thought, not the Lord's thought. So anyway, and then she had gone on uh-huh. to say that her, that tulip used to be her favorite flower. <laughs> But that blue hydrangea was her current favorite flower. So it was like the Lord so, was giving these things. And oh, wow. how the blue hydrangea yeah, became my favorite cool. flower was a year before moving to Texas, I was living in Florida. And I wasn't dating anyone. And I made like a vision board for my future wedding, which oh. sounds so weird. But I did it. And all of a sudden, I and I used to hate hydrangeas, especially blue. I thought they were like old people flowers. But when I was making my vision board, I... I for some reason, they came alive to me, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're beautiful. And that, it became my favorite flower. Oh my. So I feel like the Lord even did, like, even a year ahead of us meeting, like, even put that in my heart, knowing. I feel like he put his favorite <laughs> flower in my heart because I used to didn't like it at oh, all. Wow. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. Wow. So really good. whenever we found out the blue hydrangea moment, it was like, I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, yeah. There's no way I could possibly miss what the Lord was right. saying, I absolutely knew it. My eyes were opened, huh. and I saw him. I saw him for wow. who he really was. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. This is amazing. It's really yeah. good, yeah. I heard other love stories that he knows for sure, but yeah. she has to have. Right. So I knew, but it, uh-huh. it, I didn't you know, make that known to her. I, I just knew we needed to get closer and get to know each other better. And uh-huh. But my view of it wasn't really dating. It was more, I know that I want to pursue her, and the Lord put that in my heart, so I don't want to 
date, I would rather go in straight into courtship. You so actually speak. prayed so. that the Lord would open my eyes that I would see. I prayed the Lord would open her eyes to see what I already knew. Yeah. And then he did. He did that through many different ways. So Yeah, yeah it, was it was very personal, good. like very personal. Mm-hmm. So. And see, I'll go back to a little further because if we go back a ways, the, w- the reason why this is, it, the love story is amazing, right? The way the Lord orchestrates lives to connect and put you together, you know, for your partner, your partner in life. And I really believe he does that specifically. I don't think that it's by chance or random. I believe the Lord does that for us because there was something I said a long time ago was like, you know, Lord, I'm submitted to you regardless of I'm not pursuing dating. I'm not pursuing, you know, uh, relationships in that way. I just, I focused all my heart and attention and energy upon the Lord, gave him all my heart and said, whatever you decide to do with my life, is what you decide to do with it, but I'm going to just pursue you. Mm-hmm. If you have someone for me at some point, then would you, you could bring her to me or bring, you know, I, I specifically actually prayed, like, <laughs> bring her to me. Well, that's kind of what happened later on when she was uprooted from Orlando to Houston, and that's when we met. Yeah, because I did not want to so, leave, and I cried the entire <laughs> trip to Texas. Yeah. Oh. Then I met him eight days later. As we are talking, Melody, yeah. I feel from the Lord that the Lord has given you a voice. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, um, Though uh, we, we were just talking a few minutes ago, and uh, Samuel is more the talker, you know, more mm-hmm. the one who expresses more, right. and uh, you are, you know, you you just more maybe you are more introvert, you, different personality. Sure. I don't know, I don't know you that well to say mm-hmm. that, but maybe this is what I see with my mm-hmm. human eyes. But I really feel that the Lord has given you a voice Amen. that you don't know yet. You you and and maybe not in big speech. In big speeches, you know, maybe it's not going to be in many words, or maybe it's going to be a small word, but it's going to be very loud. It's going to bring a difference. So, you know, I really felt this because mm. as soon I, I, I was really blessed when you share this about yourself, about the flower, about the the how God was so personal. It, you know, He put His hand on your kneecap, and you, you instead of going, "Hey, you weirdo," you know, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I met you eight days ago. You know, you said, "Wow, my father does that," yeah. and it's like uh, you have so much to share that is gonna bless people. Yeah. Really good. Just to be clear, he used to. My daddy used to squeeze my kneecap. Yeah, and I understood that it was an innocent gesture. It was very innocent. Innocent, yeah. It was just kind of playing, right? Yeah. Like this is what you. This yeah, is what exactly. I do when I play. It's yeah, like, yeah. Hey, it was kind of a playful thing. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. It was a yeah. sweet moment there. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. my dad. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's yeah. so good. I mean, this is uh, this is a nice story, a love story. And with all the love stories that we hear, um, we see on on TV, yeah. and we hear. Um, well, I work a lot with children, so I hear a lot love stories from Disney and um it's not really that's not really how it mm-hmm. works <laughs> right, yeah. you know God has a person for for, sure. for us and uh, but also there's also a, a free will element you know that mm-hmm. but you know if you trust God and we abandoned our right. lives in pursuit of him you know he's gonna satisfy uh, the desires of our hearts mm-hmm. even the ones that we don't really know we have or we just put aside to pursue him Sure. He's going to give us the desires of our heart. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So beautiful. Tell us more. Tell me more. Well, <laughs> you know, I'll go back some and share some personal things mm-hmm. that led up to this moment, this time for us. I feel like it may be important here to share that. Before I came to know Christ, I mean, I was living a homosexual lifestyle. Mm. I was, you know, had had the notion or the, the what's the word, had the um, thought process or the belief system that I was born that way. 
mm-hmm. that I could not change. Uh, I thought that I actually lived with a really extreme weight of condemnation all my childhood years when you know sexuality developed, and I realized, hey, and I'm not attracted to women, I'm a, or girls, I'm attracted to the same sex. Mm-hmm. So that came with a lot of uh, condemnation. You know, what did I do to deserve this? Feelings mm-hmm. and thoughts, and I must have done something wrong, but I don't know what that was. So a lot of confusion, you know, uh, inner turmoil, inner turmoil in my inner world of self-hatred, um, not understanding why that had happened to me. And, you know, I started, you know, instead of, of resisting it, I mean, I tried to for a while, but it's just, it, it wasn't like I could turn a light switch or flip it on and off. It just, mm-hmm. it was part of who I was, it felt like. Yeah. So the only, the only feeling or the only resolution I had was that I must have been born that way. And that's what the world tells us. Yes. So that's the only voice we really hear is that, well, you're born that way, just accept it, you know, whatever. So, and I, I kind of wrestled through that in my teenage years. And then when I was 19, I came out of the closet, so to speak. You know, I lived here in Houston and I decided I was going to come out. I was going to tell my mom, my dad, my family, friends, everybody, hey, this is who I am. This is, this is the way things are. And just here it is in your face. If you don't like it, oh, well, it just mm-hmm. is what it is. You know, I'd had enough of hiding and I yeah. kind of lived a life of secrecy and hiding and uh-huh. kind of doing secretive things and having illicit encounters with, you know, men and, and of the same sex and kind of had that lifestyle going, got into the whole drug culture, um, really found myself addicted to drugs, addicted to sexual, sexual things and, you know, in the homosexual culture and all that. And so when I came to know the Lord, and I, but I had a praying family, of course, right? I, mm-hmm. Mom, dad, and a lot of Christians in my family that uh, fervently prayed for me for many years. Mm-hmm. And I kind of grew up in the church, but the, what I heard was that God hated people like me or that people that struggle with the issues that I had. I didn't realize it was something that at some point I could have a choice and to not act on those, you know, feelings. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to about 30 years old, you know, I'm at the lowest of the low, most broken I've ever been, addicted to drugs, living with my, my partner at the time, um, so entrenched in the drug culture and that whole scene. And one night I have a dream. And in the dream mm-hmm. is a host of angels singing the most beautiful song about Jesus and about following him. And this is wow. on the tail end of like a two to three week binge that I had been on. So when I woke up from this dream, he was in the room. The angels were in the room. I knew they were there. I couldn't see them anymore. In the dream, I could see them. But when I woke up, I could still hear them singing in my wow. ears. So when I could still hear them in my ears, my only response was, I, d- I have to know Jesus. I know that I'm, I knew then I had a decision to make. I never uh-huh. felt like I'd ever had a choice. But at that moment, it's like truth came. The Lord opened my eyes and my heart to see that I had a choice. I could either kind of choose to stay in this or I could choose to surrender and follow him. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I decided from the encounter, it was so real and so amazing that, I mean, what was I going to do? Of course, I said, Lord, I'm going to surrender my life to you. Wow. You know, and I did. And a few days later, I had the most radical experience, born again experience. It was like immediately the lights turned on you know, spiritually dead to spiritually alive. I went from, you know, knowing that I was dead in my sin to alive in God. And all of a sudden at that experience, the Lord is so real. I have a deep, intimate relationship with him immediately. You know, I know the Bible calls it. It's, you know, you're born of the spirit. Well, I experienced that forgiveness of sins. I turned from my sin. I turned to him. I embraced who he was from the dream that I wanted to know who he was. And so, but just when I came to know the Lord, I didn't just uh, 
all those things that I had struggled with or been living in all those years and cultivated that lifestyle, they didn't just go away. Mm -hmm. Of course, I was born again. I knew I was brand new on the inside, but it took time to kind of work out some of the things that I had had been involved in. And, um, you know, I call it a journey of transformation. Uh-huh. And it's very real. It's, 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 um, it starts at faith. And, you know, I was born again, but it took me a 10-year, maybe even 12-year process to walk out. Mm-hmm. And this is, I hope so, uh, some, some people may hear this that have struggled with sinful behaviors or sinful things that are walking with the Lord and have kind of thrown in the towel and said, it's too hard, I want to give up. Yeah. Because it's, it's worth it. Because he will see to us to the end, to a place of freedom, healing, and transformation. Wow. And it's a journey and it's a process. And my word would be, don't give up in the process too soon. Because the Lord uh-huh. has a way to work out the root issues in our hearts and our lives that are causing these things. Uh-huh. It's, there's things that are there that are each individually packaged in everybody's life, I believe, that the Lord knows what those things are. He understands our struggle. People don't get it all the time. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you, the Lord himself, Jesus himself, the Father, he gets it. He understands it. He never turns his back on us, mm-hmm. no matter what we're going through or how hard it gets or how many mm-hmm. times we stumble and fall in sin. Mm-hmm. In our journey of becoming whole, he sees it and he gets it. Yeah. He never turns his back on us. And I can tell you, I wrote the book on falling, failures, sins in, 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 in a yeah. very, um, I wouldn't call it a negative sense because it all serves a purpose. Mm-hmm. But the Lord took me on a journey to really un- heal the root issues. And once that happened, I became really free from the things that had, had kind of bound me up in that sin for so long. You said the root my whole life. issues. I'd say root issues. Yeah, I mean, root issues were for me, um, I had a spirit of rejection mm-hmm. from the womb. That came later on that oh. the Lord revealed to me mm-hmm. through the Father's heart experience where I had the love of the Father, you know, uh, experience with God's love as a Father loving me and experiencing His love as a Father that revealed a deep root of rejection that came from the womb. Wow. So, you know, I'll, I'm going to touch on this subject because I think it's important right now. Um, I had an experience where I was in a, a week-long Father Heart ministry week, and um, the concept of God loving me as a father was new to me. And he was revealing himself to me as a father, and the process was, had started in that direction. So during this, this teaching, they were teaching about the love deficit, how you're born with a love deficit, and people in your life, whether that's mother, father, friend, brother, sister, whoever, they, they only love us. We can only love others to the degree that we can love others. It's mm-hmm. not that people are to blame for their lack mm-hmm. of love, but we have a love deficit because truly no one can meet the need for love in our hearts and our lives except for the Father himself. Amen. So no matter how people may love us, it's mm-hmm. not ever going to be enough to the degree that we need yeah. the love that only he has. Yeah. So that revelation came in. We were, they were teaching on the love deficit. And the Lord spoke to me during the ministry time after the teaching, and he said, I'm going to make up, make up for you the love deficit that you've had all your life. Wow. And I said, okay. I said, what does that look like, Father? And he said, I want you to name each age out loud. And I said, okay. I said, age one. And this is kind of silently in the, congr- in the, in the, in the, um, kind of in the meeting, right, and during the ministry time. And I'm in the back of the, one of the seats, and I say, age one. And he says, and then I feel the love of the Father come over me like a wave, and then his love pour into my heart. And it's kind of like a, almost like a bath of love. Yeah. And that was age one. And I said, age two. The same thing happens again. And at age three, and each time I name each age, 
it's increasing with intensity and weightiness of his presence because his love is tangible. Mm-hmm. It's not a mental ascent or, a, a, you know, yeah, something yeah. we can Abstract, interpret mentally, yeah. you know. It's an experience. So as I'm experiencing the love of the Father at each age, I get all the way up to age 39 because I was 39 at the time. And right after I say age 39, the Holy Spirit speaks to me again, and he says, you forgot the womb. Oh, wow. Right when he said that, I go into an experience of being in the womb, in the chair, my feet, my hands, and everything on their own go into a fetal position. And, I, and it's like I'm sitting in weightless air, but I'm in the chair and my legs go up in a fetal position, my arms, and I feel like I'm swimming in liquid love. Wow. It was the most amazing love, feeling of love all around me, all within me, everywhere. And I have my eyes closed and I can see, it looks like outer space and I can see, but it had little sparkly lights everywhere, almost like glory, like stars, but yet glory sparkles in the, in the outer space, like blackish environment. And I guess that meant that I was in the womb. So I see these hands coming from a distance, mm. and they're out in, in, the, in the distance, but then the hands get closer and closer, and I feel the hands in my belly, like in my inner man, and I realize that he's weaving in my inner person. Mm. His hands are creating wow. me, yeah. and I could feel it. And he's knitting you. He's knitting me in the womb, and it's out of Psalm 139. You know, It says that you know, I knit you together in your yeah. mother's womb. It's real. It's what he did. So in this experience, wow. when that stops, he says, he says, I'm the one who created you. I'm the one who put you here. I'm the one who gave you life, and I give you the right to live. Now live. And when he said live, it was like a hold of rejection just wow. broke off immediately. And I didn't realize I had been carrying a spirit of rejection mm. all my life from the womb. Wow. Later on, after this experience, I know I'm, I'm different, I'm free, I'm, I'm walking in a, in a, a different airiness about my, my whole existence, right? I feel like I belong. I'd wow. never felt like I belonged before or had a place in this world until that experience happened. So a few days later, you know, I, I kind of have a conversation with some loved ones, my mom and some others, and, and my dad even, and, and they informed me that when I was a baby, it was 1973 when I was born, hmm. abortion had just become legal. I was the last of five children, and my sister closest to me was 11 years older than me. So they didn't want any more children. I see, I see. So they thought they were done, but God had other plans. So, but they had a real wrestle with that and and really struggled with having another child. So they contemplated having an abortion. And they Uh said that, hey, my mom, you know, even voiced that she cried for the first six, seven months of the pregnancy because she didn't want any more children. Yes. And so there was a spirit of rejection that came in from the womb. So that day, though, the Lord really revealed to me through an experience that it's not by mom or dad's will, it's not by any person's will that you're alive or that I have Mm -hmm. life, that I gave you life. It's because of my will. So it's a different perception through an experience that really broke that off of my life where that was just one place where he freed me you know, to, to have a revelation of his love for me. And not only in the, in the process of revealing his love for me, but broke off a spirit of rejection that had been with me my whole life. Wow. So Fantastic. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Wow. <clears throat> so, Amazing. you know, that was, that was about six months before I met Melody. That was in wow. February of 2013. We meet in July that same year. So, you know, that happened. And then some other areas that he worked out, some of the root issues, 
I would say had to do with um, later on uncovering roots of sexual abuse that I, I didn't even know had happened wow. until later on after these experiences of the Father's love pouring in into my heart that then things began to kind of unravel. And he began mm. to uncover to me that there was a little boy broken inside who was longing for a daddy. That was the very deepest root issue that were driving homosexual same-sex attraction desires was the little boy needed attention. The little boy was walled off inside that needed attention mm-hmm. to deal with what had happened and feel it and grieve it and process it, uncover it. And when those things get healed, these, the attractions and the, the besetting sins kind of leave with it. Wow. So a true f- process of transformation can take place or takes place for me is that's the way he worked that out in my life. Hmm. So, and you know, I could, there's other, another story about another, there's like three major root issues. The third one would be forgiveness Mm. from the heart towards people who have harmed or hurt, you know, that hurt me. And that was revealed through one of the other ministry times at the Father Heart Week that I was in. Mm -hmm. And it was uncovered that I needed to write a letter to mom and dad, ask for forgiveness, you know, forgive them from my heart. And so when that was presented to me, I thought, well, the Lord told me I needed to forgive them. And I thought, well, I already have. He said, no, you haven't. You've forgiven Mm. them from your mind, but you really haven't forgiven them from your heart. Mm. So for me, it was taking account of the wrongs or the things that were done, but also the things that were not done. Because sometimes it's what you didn't get or the things that were neglected versus the things that were actually done to you. A lot of times it's things that you just didn't get. Uh And so I was looking to them to get something from them that they could never give me. So when that was revealed to me, I was able to release them from my heart and just release them in freedom. From that experience, the love of the Father came pouring into my heart where I laid on the floor in that meeting for a good hour to almost two hours probably as the love of the Father's pouring in to my heart and all the junk is kind of coming out at the same time. You know, blood, I mean, not blood, snot, sweat, and tears pouring out while I'm on the floor in in the fire of God's love pouring in as this stuff's coming out. And during that process on the floor, I saw a movie screen from each age of the little boy of all these different places in life where I had been wounded or not loved or, you know, not taken care of and things. And mm-hmm. the Lord began to show me he was there at every one of those places in wow. my life, like a movie screen. Mm-hmm. And so I came up off of, from that experience and that encounter, just a completely different person. Wow. And I knew that I had been from the love of the Father began a transformation process that had now freed me from those sins that I could now walk in freedom. Hmm. So, and that's where it leads to us meeting, you know, six months after this experience. Wow. So, Fantastic. Yeah. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. It doesn't keep our count of our sins and no. it doesn't accuse us. No. What about you? Care to share something before meeting him? How, so you said you, you dated a lot, um, how you were saying, is that was that a problem when you met him? So um, we have similar backgrounds, even though our stories are very different. Um, just from the age of like six, I grew up um, because of a situation that had happened with another girl who was just a little bit older than me. I actually grew up thinking that I was gay, even though I was very attracted to boys. Mm-hmm. And I actually. Um, so I grew up from the age of six thinking that about myself. And then I would go to church, just like he said. I would hear, oh, like, God hates people who are gay. Uh-huh. So I'm like, well, he must hate me. So I felt the same way. And then yeah. and then all through, like, elementary school, um, I liked boys a lot. They didn't usually like me back. 
Um, and then I didn't quite fit in with the girls. So I actually had, um, I think I tried to overcompensate for what I was feeling inside. Mm -hmm. So, um, when I got a little bit older and I started dating and stuff, I, I was looking for confirmation, like affirmation of who I was uh -huh. for my identity. Yeah. And I actually ended up in a relationship for six years. And I thought during that time, I thought, okay, I'm okay. You know, it kind of validated who, who I was. And for those six years, I was, I was safe in that relationship and I was okay, you know. Mm -hmm what I thought about myself really wasn't true. Right. And uh -huh. then that relationship ended when I was 25 years old and it was totally the Lord, but man, it was, it was scary because my first thoughts were, okay, well, what if what I really think about myself is true, uh -huh. <laughs> you know? And so the Lord, um, started a process and, for me, I remember one guy I dated, he, he broke down one night and he was telling me about how he was molested by his uncle. And that night, and I want to say I was probably like 27 at the time. And, um, it was probably 1998, something like that. And he broke down that night and he told me his experience. And so for the very first time in my entire life, I told him what happened with me when I was mm -hmm. six years old. And I remember leaving his house that night and I remembered wanting to just crash my car into like a truck, anything like I didn't want to live. And I remember going to my friend Wendy's house and I told her what happened. She was the second person I told. She was like my like best friend, like from church. So she was amazing. And that was like the Lord, like cracking. Well, I felt like he pried that door open with the crowbar, <laughs> you know, like it was hard to get it out. Um, and then I remember just, I started sharing what happened. I shared it at a women's ministry and there was a, a family there at the women's ministry and, and the daughter had been being molested by her father and her mom was there and she saw the look on her daughter's face. So it was kind of like even sharing my story Ooh. then freed this girl uh -huh. from what was happening to her at the time in, you know, in dark, like nobody knew. So just fast forward a lot, like I, I ended up moving to Florida and the Lord knew, um, I never told anybody, like I told them what happened to me, but I never told them what I thought about myself, like as far as actually being gay, mm -hmm. I just told them what happened to me. Yeah. So when I moved to Florida, um, 2002, ooh, the Lord just set me up. I was 500 miles from my family and he, I had a roommate from my church and the Lord just exposed what was in my heart. And um, it was just an incredible story. Without telling the whole story, the Lord like allowed me to actually get those words out of my mouth about what I thought about myself. And um, he actually took me back into the memory of what had happened. And he, he um, opened a door that led to the outside of the room that I was in. And the door was really, truly there mm -hmm. for all those years, over 20 years. But in my memory, the door had been blocked. But when the Holy Spirit came in into that memory, he like opened the door, all the light came in, and the Lord just brought healing inside mm -hmm. myself. And that was the beginning of me realizing what I thought wasn't true at all. And it, it was like the beginning wow. of that lie breaking. So my, my story was different. He went to one end of the pendulum and I went to the other end. I was mm -hmm. boy crazy. I was trying to prove to myself that I was okay. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. And then the Lord just let it all fall apart. <laughs> and so wow. when I met Samuel, um, 
Uh, yeah, I thought he was cute, and I was interested in him. And then we had a little coffee. He calls it a date. I just, We had coffee one day. Um, Perspective, yeah. We had coffee one day, and he tells me his whole life story. And yeah. honestly, in that moment, when he told me his story, like my life finally made sense. Like the fact that I had to struggle with all that internal stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when I met him, I'm like, okay, now it all makes sense. Not that God caused that. I knew he didn't. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden... Like, I understood where he had been, everything mm-hmm. he had been through, mm-hmm. and there was no judgment, of course, because I had my own journey out of that lie. It was the same lie. It just manifested yeah. in a different way. Wow. wow. Yeah. And uh, so beautiful that you were able to share with this best friend of yours and this yeah. opened up, you know, I'm not saying mm-hmm. to share with everybody, but especially when you are in this delicate, fragile yeah. moment mm-hmm. of your life, you know, but that God is going to put before you people that you can share and trust yes and so Mm -hmm. you can start i think you know if you have a wound and you just cover it because you don't want anybody to see it but just you should actually uncover it so somebody can help you clean it up right you know but it's not for everybody to see you know it's just for people that the Lord has chosen for you, you know, to share your life with. Yeah. I love it. I, I feel like I love were, it so much, I know guys. Good. Yeah. I feel like there are a lot of like um, oh. symptoms. Like people might might judge you. Like people might judge him for the way he lived, and people uh-huh. might have judged me because I dated so many people and all that goes with that, you know. But like yes, it was yes. just, it was just like a symptom of a deeper problem. Uh-huh. Like you said, if you don't treat the wound, it just gets infected. Yes. And right. so anyway, the there's a really lot of shame that the devil wants to put oh, on sure. us, you know, the shame. Absolutely. Oh, we did a lot of guys. Oh, you, you, you yeah. had a relationship with men or, yeah. you know, shame, shame, sure. shame. Yeah. So you have to cover it up so the shame doesn't come out. Oh, my goodness. So I have to share this. Yeah, so <laughs> come closer to the mic. Yeah. So I had an experience. Um, I was at a church. I think it was like 2000. And um, I knew the Lord was going to visit me. I felt it. I knew he was just going to visit me. I didn't know how. So one night at church, it was during worship, and I, I had my eyes closed, and I saw Jesus walking towards me, and he walked to me, and he took this sponge, and he dipped this sponge in blood, Ooh, and he, uh, he started washing my arms. And I, I guess I was down on my knees at this time, but I, he was washing my arms, and I, it was just an amazing moment. When I got off the floor that night, I was different. I was clean. Wow. The first time in my entire life, and I was... 27, 28, like I actually felt clean. And so this girl got close to me whenever I was talking and or to the Lord. And she said, I just kept saying, I feel so clean. I feel so clean. That's what happened. Like he literally like removed the stain of sin and just the stain of everything mm-hmm. in a moment. Yeah. He unashamed me. He took it all away. Oh. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go into the kind of back up where you were about our, I call it a date, right? At Starbucks. <laughs> okay. So we go to this, we go to meet that night and uh, the most amazing thing ever, because, you know, the, the, the journey that I just shared a little while ago about the, the things the fathers love, what he did for me, you know, kind of walk that out over the next five or six months from those experiences kind of unraveled a lot of things, which I talked about this abuse being uncovered and walking through that area, kind of leading up to the date that we had. But after those experiences, I knew that I was completely different. And not only was I different, the Bible was different. My heart was so different that then I, pers- I, I viewed the scriptures from that experience on through the lens of a father's affection 
mm. versus through the lens of I have to perform enough for God to love me kind of lens. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? My heart was yeah. so drastically changed. And I was born again before this experience, but this was the experience that really settled my identity mm-hmm. and my personhood of who I was as a son with my father and with Jesus and not only as my savior, but as my bridegroom. You know, the, the revelation of those things. Yeah just really being cemented and, and, and uh, sealed in my heart. So I start having this desire of this unsettledness. And, you know, I'll back up just a minute. When the unraveling of the abuse came, I feel like I need to share this. When it uncovered, I could hear my little, my voice as a little boy screaming inside about two months, two or three months after these experiences I'm talking about. And I'm processing it with someone because I needed someone to help me navigate that inner world of what was going on. And in the office one day when it was really come all kind of coming to a head, I just fell apart. And I remember hearing my own voice inside of me screaming, I want my daddy, I want my daddy, I want my daddy. The little boy was, had been fragmented inside that wasn't able to be heard yet. So when I heard that, I was able to embrace me, you know, with part of me that was broken off, kind of, after I felt it, grieved it, and and kind of embraced my own little boy inside and, and allowed that the grieving of it or the feeling to come up and out, and it all kind of was over after, a, you know, a, a short period of time, I realized a part of me kind of on the inside just kind of came together. Hmm. And I realized that I was different, I was whole, that I was no longer like a part of me broken off, that I didn't even know needed attention until after it was healed. Mm-hmm. So part of, you know, I come back together, I call it being whole in, in, internally in my soul. And then, um, you know, walking out the next couple months is when I meet Melody. And I realized during the next, during that time frame, something's missing, someone's missing, something's different. And I begin to feel this ache, like for a, a partner, a ache. I didn't quite know what it was yet. I just knew something was missing. Uh-huh. Someone was missing. I'm thinking, after all these experiences, I was just going to be, you know, I, I had kind of signed up, me and you, God, doesn't matter, me and you, Jesus, me and you, Father, for whatever it looks like. I don't, not looking for marriage. I'm looking for you. And whatever you want to do with that, he decides to do with that. So uh-huh. he was uncovering kind of the, the natural way that he created me, which was to long for a bride. Yeah. So it started that journey. And then when I met Melody, you know, we had, we went to that, our, I call it date night that night, right? Starbucks. You know, things happen, things magical (laughs) can happen at Starbucks. Magic can happen at Starbucks. Yeah, can. So, (laughs) so we meet and we're, we're sitting down to talk and it was, we were probably just a few minutes in. I don't remember how long, but it was a suddenly for me, we're sitting there. I'm looking across the table at her in her eyes. And it was like, it was sudden for me. Suddenly, my eyes were opened to see her in a whole different way. Wow. And I had a longing in my heart to know her. And I, I actually had to, I had never felt that feeling before in my life. I had to, I actually said, I'm going to excuse myself for a minute. So I go to the bathroom, I go to the restroom, and I'm kind of frantically splashing water on my face going, Lord, what is happening to me? God, what is this? I don't know what's happening to me, but I'm seeing her. I was attracted to her. And that had never happened to me before. Wow. <laughs> it, was a, it was a thing that had, had should have happened probably, I guess, when you're first puberty at 12, being attracted to the opposite sex. It was mm-hmm. now happening to me at 40 years old for the first time. And, and I was just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to handle it. And I realized that everything was changing. And so I, I come out of the bathroom and I realized, like, I'm floating in the clouds, so to speak. I, I, wow. I don't think my feet really kind of touched the <laughs> ground. I fell in love with her that day. Mm. And it was totally the Lord that did that, that I knew she was the one. It, there was no question. Number one, I'd never felt the attraction. And then secondly, I'd never felt that way about anybody. So I knew that it was the Lord, and I knew that he was leading us to be together. So 
you know, I kind of had my experience there and that was my side of the story. Of course, I didn't tell that, her any of that until way later Goodness on after no, we, right? <laughs> of course not, right? But anyway, uh, and that was, I mean, yeah. that's just amazing to me though, because that's, and my, you know, here's the thing. It's not that if someone is, or for myself, really, I speak to myself for myself, but having those issues and identifying myself previously in my previous life as gay or whatever, um, I don't consider being healed the evidence of being married i consider healing or transformation submission to jesus in every area of my life and as he works out the areas that need to be worked out more Mm -hmm. freedom comes yeah but it's not the evidence of a transformed life being married yes that's that's not the evidence Mm -hmm. evidence is a transformed heart yeah right so Mm. but what he did in my life was that he he brought me my wife and you know had he not taken me on that other part of that journey before meeting her, I would not have been ready for that. I feel like the Lord settled that internal wondering, that internal question mark, which is what I felt like. All my life, I felt mm. like I had this big question mark because I didn't know who I was. But then the Lord came and he like settled that question for me. And when he did that, I didn't date anybody for like three years after my whole like little roller coaster ride of dating. You know who you were and you had mm-hmm. all the attention yeah. that you needed. But he right. filled up that hole in my mm-hmm. heart and I and I knew who I was and I didn't have to like seek it mm-hmm. outwardly anymore. And that mm-hmm. was a miracle. Wow. Mm-hmm. That was a miracle. And I feel like the Lord mm-hmm. did the same thing for you. Like Absolutely. he stopped the wondering. He stopped yep. the question. He put a, a period. Like, it's like he puts a period where we had a question mark. Wow. There you go. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, this is so Thank powerful. <laughs> it's powerful. It's romantic. Like, yeah. I like it. Yeah, too. <laughs> we do too. <laughs> so, so just out of curiosity, how long did it, time went by before you proposed? Oh, wow. That's an awesome story, too. <laughs> uh, yeah. So during the pursuit, right, the Lord speaks to me. I want you to pursue her. I'm going to take you on a journey of pursuing her the way I pursue my church. Mm-hmm. So that was when this whole process started. So I started really spending time with the Lord and saying, how do I do this? Teach me. I don't, I don't, I've I never done nothing. this before. <laughs> I know nothing. Help me. Um, and he begins to, to show me, like, find out about her, everything that she loves, everything that she likes, everything that she enjoys, you know, everything about her that I could possibly learn. It's like, I was like drinking from a, a well of, of just wanting to know Melody, right? And I believe that's the way the Lord is with us. He wants us to know Him, but He wants to know us too, mm. right? So it's relational. He's, a relation, he's relational at heart. So I start asking the Lord, you know, all about her. Well, then I start designing this plan of, well, what do I want the engagement to look like? Because I wanted it to be extravagant. Because mm. that's the way God is. He's extravagant, right? Mm. So I, I, her, one of her favorite things is Paris, France. Mm. So... Of course, at that time in our never life. Never been yet. Never been. It was a dream. Maybe one day we'll get to go. But, <laughs> it's, you know, but I thought, well, how am I ever going to take Melody to Paris, France? It's just not going to happen. I mean, God could do it, but he, that's not, I didn't feel like that was the avenue he was going. So I start doing this research about different places around the United States, like towns called Paris. So to see if there was a, uh, you know, an Eiffel mm-hmm. Tower in, in America somewhere that I could take her to. So I found three, actually. I found one in um, Paris, uh, Tennessee. Paris, Texas, and Paris, uh, well, the Eiffel Tower in Las Vegas, I think yes, it is. Yes, so right. those are the three that I found. So I didn't want to go to Las Vegas. I thought, you know, let's do something more kind of, you know, uh, different style than that. So we wound up, I wound up proposing to her on a road trip to, uh, no, Texas. actually, you picked me up at the airport that time. That's right. And when I got the yeah. airplane, I we drove to Paris, Field, Texas, Dallas, yeah, Dallas, Dallas Love Field Airport at the time. So at Thanksgiving, she, at Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day, 2013. Yeah, she picks me up from the airport. 
She doesn't know where we're going. I was like, let's go this way instead of coming towards Houston. Let's go this way. And so I take her on the journey over to Paris, Texas. And it was kind of cool because it was a, it was on Thanksgiving Day and it was very uh, remote and there was no one there hardly. I mean, it was pretty much just <laughs> us, me, us two. And, you know, I think there was one car in the parking lot, right? So we pull up and here's this Eiffel Tower with this red cowboy hat at the top. It was so cool because it was Texas style, right? <laughs> so we pull up and uh, we get out of the car and we kind of walk around the Eiffel Tower. And, you know, I go to propose to her. I start to get on one knee and she goes... <laughs> Aren't you going to get on one knee? <laughs> I was like, well, I am. I'm in process of it. Anyway, it was kind of a fun oh. moment. So we're under the Eiffel Tower right there, and there's no one around. And the moment I get down and propose to her and put the ring on her finger, this car rolls by in the parking lot. They're honking the horn, going, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> say yes. Yeah. So anyway, it was really cool. But, you know, it, it was a, it was I wanted it to be extravagant and that was extravagant for her and for me because mm -hmm. it was something that I planned out with the Lord. And he was giving me kind of blueprints of how to win her heart. Right. So the goal is uh, is the goal really with the Lord doing these things was to win her heart. And I believe that. Um, yeah, it's huh. powerful. So, so amazing. I never yeah. felt so loved mm. in my life. I never felt like affection that way ever. Mm -hmm. so it's pretty captivating. So guys, if you want to, some lessons or how to uh, get her attention, ask the Lord. Yeah, there you ask go. Ask the Lord. <laughs> the Holy Spirit and, knows. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So I want to thank you for guys for being so bold. This is not for everybody. Not everybody is ready to share this kind of experiences, but I appreciate you doing it and to come here. I know you guys have been super busy these weeks. Yeah. And uh, I just want to bless you. I want to say thank you. Guys, um, connect with Face and Sensor. Come and see us. Come and connect us yeah. with us on YouTube and or find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, and we are on Pandora. We are basically everywhere. And thank you so much for being here, Samuel, Samuel and Melody Stone. Amen. God you bless you. Thank God you bless for you having deeply. us. Okay. Yeah, it's an honor to be with you. Thank you. Honor was all mine. Thank you. Thank you, guys, and see you soon. Amen.